What's going on guys? Welcome on into Second and Short. My name is Tyler Louder and it is time to talk some NFL action with you guys. Now, Second and Short here is an all NFL exclusive show on BHSU Radio at 89.1 KBHU, 90.7 KJKT, The Buzz. And over the next hour, we're going to discuss all the hot topics that are going on in the NFL right now. If you guys would like to check out more of this show or if you miss any part of it, Head on over to YouTube, Second and Short's there. If you want some quick clips, we're on TikTok as well and all social medias. This way you'll stay updated in everything that is Second and Short. Now, to dive on into this show, I like to always start with a little bit of kind of breaking news. And on today's episode, we're going to go over the J.J. Watt situation and how he's narrowed down his teams. Talk about the Carson Wentz trade that went down last week as well as other quarterback controversies that we have here. And we have a lot of quarterback talk going on. And I'm going to break down my big four predictions for the franchise tag this next week. So let's start with the breaking news. Ben Roethlisberger has apparently had a conversation with owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers and saying that he is going to return for the 2021 season. This isn't made 100% official yet, but it's like 95% official. Here's a big issue. Big Ben is due over $40 million this next year. And after a season where the Steelers kind of got exposed after that long undefeated start, had some messy games here and there, Big Ben's play started to decline. Now, overall throughout the season, he still had a QBR of over 90, 33 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. It looked good. However, there was just a lot of flaws in his health and the fact that the team just doesn't look to be working around him now with the Steelers not having the most salary cap money he is going to have to restructure to be able to keep this team afloat there's talks of Juju Smith-Schuster who is a free agent unrestricted says that he wants to be a Steeler again but realistically if you're looking at him he's going to New York he's going to the Jets he's going to the Giants he's going to go to a bigger market because that's just the type of guy he is he likes to pride himself on being flashy and, and popular and everything like that, and he's big on TikTok. So if they lose him, that's going to change how much money Big Ben's going to have to restructure for. But if Big Ben is going to want to keep most of this team intact and actually have a chance at free agency to improve some of the holes that they have, you know, at offensive line and at cornerback, he's going to have to take less money. And for a guy that is towards the end of his career, I don't know, I don't know how much money he's going to have to drop. I mean, we just saw the other two quarterbacks over last offseason and this offseason already retire from that same draft class. Eli Manning last year, Philip Rivers just announced his retirement this year. Big Ben is still going to try and go strong and push forward. So my prediction here is that Big Ben is going to restructure. He's going to cut off about 10 plus million off of this, put it into guarantees so he can still play. But I believe this will be the last year for Big Ben in Pittsburgh or in the NFL in general. Now, Moving on to less breaking news and more, I guess, news that is kind of, it, it's speculation at this point. J.J. Watt. We've been talking about it over the past couple of weeks. Houston releases him. They save all this money. You know, he's, he's turning 31. He's three-time defensive player of the year, but his play has declined. And apparently, teams are call, you know, they're calling his agent. And he is getting offered 15 to 16 million. So he's still going to make almost the same amount of money to leave at his age, and it's surprising. And now I get it. 
you want to go out, you want to make a big time play, you want to sign a guy that is going to have a big impact on your on your defense and change the tide of your team. That's a lot of money to spend, and there's a lot of speculation on where he could go. Now, apparently, the report hasn't been out there yet, but he has lowered his list to three teams. We don't know exactly which teams they are, but we have, based on talks and everything and fits, we have an inclination of who it might be. I've narrowed down the list of five, and I'm going to rank these teams in order from least likely to most likely that I think he's going to sign for. Those being Tennessee, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, and Buffalo. Now, J.J. Watt, no matter where he goes, we, we must make this clear. He's going to make an impact. I think that he is tired of getting double and triple teamed. I think that's going to be a big you know, influence on his decision. Now, his wife does play professional soccer in Chicago. So there's all these links to him playing around that area. The Bears are not a team on this list because they don't have the cap space, and they still got to figure out their quarterback situation, and they have holes everywhere else. I'm going to start with Pittsburgh as my number five. The only reason Pittsburgh is listed on here is because his brothers play for the Steelers. Like I just said, they're in a cap situation that's not comfortable. They've got to restructure Big Ben's contract. They might be losing offensive players in Juju Smith-Schuster, and James Conner, and they're going to have to try and pay and replace those as well. So while that would seem nice, it doesn't look like Watt's going to take the type of discount to play with his family there. It sounds nice, it's fantasy land, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Number four for me is the Buffalo Bills. Now, Buffalo, if he was going to a team that is maybe the most built for a Super Bowl run on one side of the ball, it would probably be the Bills' defense. I think from top to bottom, they got playmakers, they got role players, they got everything in place to, you know, lure in somebody like J.J. Watt. If he would go there, I think it would be a great fit. I think it would be a powerhouse move. However, I just don't think it's as likely because there's better options. Now, number three for me is the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans make a lot of sense in the fact that they need a pass rusher very, like, it's so bad. It's insane how bad they need a pass rusher. And it's not just like they need a pass rusher this year. They've needed a pass rusher since they've been Tennessee tight, like the Tennessee Titans, in my opinion. Like it's, it seems like there is hardly ever that they have an edge rusher that is consistently a, a name that you're talking about as being top tier in the NFL. That move, the Titans still have to kind of finagle and move some salary cap around and everything, but they're in a better situation, I think, to go for that move because they are stable at, you know, receiver and running back and quarterback. Since they're stable at higher priced places, I think that a move for J.J. Watt could be the perfect thing for them. Number two is the Green Bay Packers. Now, the Packers have went 13-3 and back-to-back years. You know, they've, they've pushed the mold. They've been to the NFC Championship game several times in the past 10 years. They are a consistent force in the NFC and in the NFL just in general to make the Super Bowl, to make that leap. And J.J. Watt is the type of guy that could come in, work with these guys, and maybe be that little slight edge to get them to the next step. The Packers' defense looked, looked pretty good against Tampa Bay in that championship game. The only issue there is they couldn't score an offense off of those three consecutive interceptions within like what seemed like three plays for Tampa Bay. The defense looks good. They got pass rushers. Preston Smith has looked revived by going to Green Bay. And adding more pass rushers to that already pretty good defense could make them top five 
in my opinion. But the number one destination, and I think this is, it's not a lock, but I, I am wedding to, I, I'm, I'm really willing to bet a lot on this. J.J. Watt will be a Cleveland Brown. Now, he gets to still play against his brothers in Pittsburgh twice a year, a little rivalry thing, you know, a little fun competition. Cleveland is still close enough to Wisconsin, which I guess I didn't mention that, you know, he went to Wisconsin, so it's like a hometown type thing where he can go back to his roots and, you know, whatever. But Cleveland is still closer to Chicago than Houston, so it still works with his wife playing there and everything. But the most important thing, as I, you know, alluded to in the beginning, J.J. Watt is tired of getting double and triple teamed every play. So what should you do? Go somewhere where there's a top five pass rusher in the NFL. And, I mean, Miles Garrett is that guy. Miles Garrett on one side, J.J. Watt on the other side. The Cleveland Browns are the type of team that are willing to go out and pay free agents because they want to be good right now. And they've been doing this for the past couple of years of just getting playmakers in places, and it's slowly working. And, you know, they got a winning season. They made the playoffs. They won a game. And now they could add J.J. Watt Clear up double teams from Miles Garrett. J.J. Watt also doesn't get double teams, and they would have the most deadly pass rush in the NFL. It makes so much sense on a financial standpoint from him, from a location standpoint, from a competitive standpoint, and the fact that he could be relaxed and relieved and not have to re- you know, receive all these double and triple teams. Now, before we take our first break here, there is some down, downside to signing J.J. Watt. While he did play all 16 games in the 2020 season. That's great. That's perfect. At age 31, being able to play a full season is great. That's exactly what you want. His statistics still went down. You know, he only had five sacks last year, and he's a guy that's known for having double-digit sacks. He's the Houston Texans franchise leader with 101 sacks in his career. You know, he's won defensive player of the year three times. He's had double-digit sacks almost every year of his career of his past 10 years. However, from 2016 to 2019, he only played in 32 of 64 games. That's an issue. If you're going to go out and sign somebody, you want to sign him for the be able to, to be able to get the amount of games he got last year, but you wanted the production he had when he was younger. So there's some flaws here. I still think it'll be a good signing if he goes to Cleveland. If he goes to any of these five teams, I think it'll be fine for them. I, I mean, I, obviously it's going to be fine. Improving your defensive end. Improve, pass rush is the most important thing here. We saw it in the Super Bowl. Being able to rattle a quarterback will get you further in the NFL than to not. Simple as that. You can have great cornerbacks. You can have, you can have great linebackers that are really good at coverage. But if you don't get pressure on that quarterback, you're in trouble. And with that being said, we're going to take a little break here. Come on back. And we're going to dive into this crazy world called quarterback chaos. And we're going to talk about San Francisco, Seattle, New England, all the destinations that are having some rumors come about for their quarterbacks. This is 89.1 KBHU, 90.7 KJKT, the buzz, second and short NFL talk show. My name is Tyler Lauder, and we'll be right back after this song. And welcome on back to Second and Short. My name is Tyler Lauder, here to talk about some more NFL action on KBHU Radio. Now, prior 
to the break, we were talking about J.J. Watt, Big Ben, you know, some big signings and everything. And I kind of let off at the end of that segment with this whole speculation on different situations. That's the biggest thing that we're all talking about, right? We've already seen Jared Goff, Matt Stafford. We've been told Mitch Trubisky's leaving. Philip Rivers retired. You know, and then also now we have this past week. We were kind of talking about it last week. And I said that Carson Wentz will be traded. I would say Indy would be dumb to not go out and get him. And here we are. We're a couple days removed, about five, six days. And I feel like I've, I've had enough time to properly digest and I'm not just like quick reacting. And I think that's what everybody in the sports world does when these situations happen because we want to get this news out to everybody as soon as possible. So we just quick react and we don't dive into it as much. And with little you know, thought and little process comes little result in my opinion. Now, Carson Wentz, goes from the Philadelphia Eagles to the Indianapolis Colts, reunites with, you know, ex-coach Frank Wright. And in a system where he was tailored, you know, he was almost the MVP before he got hurt with that system. And now he gets to go back. Now, a lot of people have been saying Carson Wentz has pretty much just been an average quarterback. But here's something we have to remember. Like, did he throw the most, like, the most interceptions last year? Yes, that is true. And he only played 12 games. And that's a huge red flag. However, he had no offensive line help. He was throwing the ball to try and make big plays with no receivers to catch the ball, really, for most of the season. And he was on his back almost the entire year. He ranked second in sacks, like, received in 2020. Like, only I think it was Russell Wilson had two more sacks than Russell Wilson. had 53 sack times he got sacked. And Carson Wentz got sacked 51 times in 12 games that is unfathomable that doesn't make any sense why an offensive line could allow that many sacks i mean we just saw like aaron Rodgers get sacked like nine times in a season can you imagine if carson wentz was not under pressure as much would he throw as many interceptions i would like to believe no if we go back to seasons where the eagles had better offensive lines he hasn't thrown that many interceptions and because of that i'm going to believe that a better offensive line a better set of receiving weapons will lead to a more productive season for Carson Wentz. Alshon Jeffrey hurt most of the year. New rookie Jalen Rager out most of the year. Deshaun Jackson goes out week one out most of the year. Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard out, out. Miles Sanders underperforming at running back outside of having three or four big 70-yard touchdowns. He really didn't push the mold in the run game. If you take away those big touchdowns, he's averaging like two yards a carry. Like, that's not successful play, and it's going to force the quarterback into situations to throw the ball. And like I said, you know, 51 sacks allowed is way too many, and that's just in 12 games. Now, what happened in this trade? He went to the Indianapolis Colts. There's speculation about going to the Chicago Bears. Bears need a quarterback really bad, but apparently didn't want to pay the price the Colts paid. I believe for a franchise quarterback, the Colts paid nothing. The Colts sent away a 2021 third-round pick, which is going to be a late third-round pick. It's going to be picked in the 80s. And then they send away a 2022 second-round pick. What does this pick mean? What is a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a speculated 2022 second. It could improve to a first. Now, the rules for this to improve to a first-round pick are if Carson Wentz plays 75% of snaps for the Indianapolis Colts. The Eagles would get that first round pick, which in my eyes seems like the easiest thing to do. 
Because what are the Colts going to do? They're going to sit him for five games and then play him? No, they're going to play him every game. And unless he has a historically bad season, I don't see a reason why they would spend that draft capital to not play him at all. Now, for Philly, it makes sense because Philly drafted Jalen Hurts out of Oklahoma slash Alabama last year, and he came in and he looked good in those, in those starts that he had until Doug Peterson, who should never be an NFL coach ever again in my eyes, purposely tanked in Week 17. Jalen Hurts was looking pretty good. He's a good runner, really good runner, and he's a decent passer as well, and he's able to throw on the run, which is something that I feel like is tailored through Oklahoma and that Cliff Kingsbury system that they had, because, I mean, he, we saw it with Baker Mayfield, saw it with Kyler Murray, then Jalen Hurts comes in, and Oklahoma just doesn't miss a step. Now, Jalen Hurts has already been set up to work with some of the young receivers. I think him and Rhaegar are already working together. Um, also, guys like Travis Fulham and uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, all these guys are kind of working together. So Jalen Hurts was already going in the direction of being their starter for the 2021 season. Granted, that could still change because there's still speculation that big names are still getting traded and we don't know what's happening. But right now, Hurts is the starter. So getting rid of Wentz makes the most sense for them. They get something in return. You'd hope to get more, but you send them to a big contract. What do you expect? For me, I give Philly, I give them a C plus, B minus in this trade just because I think they, could, they should have been able to get more. But I think their, their inability to provide consistent playmakers and healthy players like offensive line and receivers around Carson Wentz dropped his value and hurt them in the long run. Guys, no matter what you think about the NFL, no matter how, what your opinion is, if you don't address the offense and defensive line, you're going nowhere. Your quarterback will look poor, and your chances of making a Super Bowl are going to be down. Simple as that. Every other position can be middle of the road. You know, you can have the number 16 best quarterback and still make the, you know, make the Super Bowl. We saw the Chicago Bears, Rex Grossman. We've seen it with other teams before. That, I like that's my favorite way to talk about because Rex Grossman, in my eyes, was a professional hiker, and that's about it. And the fact that you can have a good defensive line, a good offensive line, it can protect these guys, and it can get you farther. Now, obviously, having a top-tier quarterback, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit, is essential to making it far as well, as we just saw with Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady. We also had in that same situation, we also had Josh Allen, who's an up-and-coming big name, and we had Aaron Rodgers as the final four quarterbacks. And it shows that having a good quarterback helps, but also protection is key. Now, something that is, keeping on this, this Indianapolis thing, Michael Pittman currently wears number 11. He's going into his second year. In my opinion, he's still a rookie. Until you touch the field week one of your second season, you're still a rookie in my eyes. And he is refusing to give up number 11 to Carson Wentz, which let's not, let's not sit here and say that Carson Wentz is a petty person, but if he was very petty, he's the guy that's throwing to Michael Pittman. If Pittman wants the ball more, wouldn't he want to make his quarterback happy? Doesn't make sense in my eyes, but you know what? Maybe Carson Wentz is just going to change his number. He'll get over it, and he won't be petty about this whole thing. It's just very odd. We see this all the time with guys that are like, oh, it's my number. Like, the quarterback can deal with it. And I'm, I, you have to tailor these people. Quarterbacks at any level, high school, college, professional, are divas. They don't act like divas as much as wide receivers and cornerbacks, 
but that's because those guys are, you know, presented to live with a I'm the best mentality. But still, quarterbacks are divas completely. They are looked at as guys that are leaders of the team. They are treated with a certain type of care that other people aren't. And I think that's something that Pittman needs to get over and just realize and move on. Uh, it's a dead story, in my opinion. It's not really entertaining, but it's something to cover and talk about anyway. Now, one more thing before we get on our 10-minute break and everything. 49ers general manager, John Lynch. There, you know, he, there's been speculation with the 49ers and that Jimmy G is going to potentially get traded. Now, he has a no-trade clause. There's like six or seven quarterbacks that do. You know, Jimmy G, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers. Those seven quarterbacks have a no-trade clause in their contract. And so Jimmy G would have to approve any trade anyway. But there's been lots of talk that Jimmy G is going to get swapped for another quarterback, sent somewhere else, that the 49ers are going to move on. And then John Lynch comes out, and in my opinion, this is a bad move. He makes a statement and says he believes Jimmy G will start in 2021 for the 49ers. I don't see the point in making this statement. Like, that's cool that you believe that. But why make that statement when you could upgrade your quarterback play? That's a, that's a realistic thing. They're sitting at the number 12 pick. They have the ammunition to trade up. And I think doing something like that, if you end up trading him now, this just looks bad on John Lynch. Just don't say anything. Don't talk about anything. If you don't want players to feel bad and you want to treat them like humans, don't falsely promise them something. And this is my opinion. It's still promising him, saying, I, you're my guy. Don't tell somebody that they're your guy and then go out and have trade talks for that guy. Right now, we see the Carolina Panthers still have Teddy Bridgewater under contract. And there's talks everywhere about them getting rid of him. There's, there's a report that came out saying that they offered the Lions a trade like, don't leak this stuff if you want to have a good reputation with your players. We'll jump more on that after the break. When we come on back, we're going to discuss my four players that I predict will get franchise tagged. And we got to talk about it quick because, I mean, it could happen today. It could happen tomorrow. It's going to happen soon. My big four predictions on who will get franchise tagged, whether or not they'll stay there or get traded. And then we're going to talk about this Russell Wilson and Cam Newton speculation that has been happening over the past couple of days. This is 89.1 KBHU, 90.7 KJKT, The Buzz. Second and short, we'll be right back after this song. And welcome on back to Second and Short. My name is Tyler Lauder. This is BHSU Radio, The Buzz. We're now the NFL Prime Time Show kicks in and here on second and short we like to have a little fun we like to you know predict and guess and talk about some different topics and everything here and i recently just dropped a couple tiktoks predicting who is going to get franchise tagged this year and obviously there's lots of names you can go over but i went over with the four most likely candidates in my opinion on who i think would you know logically make sense for teams to keep there is lots of names from both sides but i have justin simmons for the denver broncos who i think should and will get franchise tagged i don't think that the broncos want to pay him top five money for a long-term deal but i could easily see them trying to sign him to a one-year deal and i think i think players are 
this is going to be the year that we're going to see guys get franchise tagged and they are going to sign it immediately because with the NFL cap situation dropping about it was a 16, 17 million down to 180 is the projected cap space, which is still a lot of money. Uh, I think players this year are going to take one year deals. I think they're going to, they're going to put, you know, they're going to bet on themselves. And then next year when the salary cap is projected to jump back up 20 to 30 million, I think these players are going to bank and cash it. So Justin Simmons, he's 28 years old. He was a second team all pro in 2020. Uh, largely in part thanks to his 96 total tackles and his five interceptions. A franchise tag price for him is about $13.8 million. This is a great get for him. It's a great get for the Broncos. Keeps them moving in that, that progression of trying to get out of the bottom of this division. Number three is Allen Robinson, wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. He will also be 28 in 2021. And his price tag is going to be a little closer towards 15, 16 million, which is a lot of money. And like I said earlier, with talking about JJ Watt going to the Bears, I don't think the Bears can really afford somebody to pay them that much money. <clears throat> However, whenever you franchise somebody, you can do an exclusive rights, you can trade them away. And I think that is the key here. I think that the Bears are going to franchise him and then they're going to do a little sign in trade with another team that he wants to go to because. They cannot lose Allen Robinson for nothing. Back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Uh, last year, he was top 10 in both receptions and yards, and that was with Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. So imagine what he could do with somebody like, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. You know? And it, it really could change how the Bears look next year, and I think that's an okay thing. Ryan Pace, general manager of the Chicago Bears, is literally on the edge. Like, one more step, and he might fall into free agency himself like he might become unemployed if the bears have another meh season and yeah they made the playoffs last year at eight and eight they backed their way in they literally fell into the playoffs because other teams just lost out they don't know what they're going to do at quarterback either i think they need to save their money they can for the quarterback position but that's number three for me now number two is taylor moton right tackle for the carolina panthers Pro Football Focus last year graded him out as the number three best right tackle in the game. His pass blocking is phenomenal. His run blocking is getting better every season. As you know, he just saw his his overall Pro Football Focus grade jump 12 points from year three to four. He's a three-year starter for Carolina, and he is one of the reasons that they are, you know, decent at the run game or above average at the run game. They cannot afford to lose him, especially with Carolina going in the direction of wanting to trade for Sean Watson or trade for who knows what moving up in the draft, getting Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, whoever quarterback. It seems that Carolina is going in a direction of wanting to get a bigger playmaking quarterback. And with that being said, you need to have protection. We keep talking about this. We talked about last segment, you need offensive protection. So if you can secure one of the best right tackles in the game, that sets you up great. I mean, Carolina just moved into the seventh overall for salary cap space with all their cuts they've made this past week, cutting four players. He's only going to be 27 in 2021. He's still got four to five elite years ahead of him. Now, number one, this might be the most obvious, but in 2020, there was 59 starting quarterbacks. That's insane, right? Now, this team I'm about to talk about, they had, they had four of them, but clearly there's an issue here. Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys quarterback, I think needs to be 
franchise tag again. I think he's signed a long-term deal. I think Dallas are insane for not actually going forward and just getting a deal done. Because now, going into a second franchise tag, it is going to cost them $37.7 million. They currently don't have that salary cap space. They got like $28 million. And in my eyes, I don't understand why a couple years ago they didn't just sign him to like a $35 million a year contract. They could be saving money. Now, he has no reason to sign a contract less than $37.7 million because he gets it automatically franchise tag. And if he hits free agency, somebody's going to pay him $40 million a year. It's going to happen. Now, he just had a second surgery on his ankle. I'm not too worried about it. He's got plenty of time to recover. But here's the thing. I, I was listening to somebody. I, I figure it was somebody on ESPN, a former quarterback for the Detroit Lions. I forget who it is. But um, I was listening to him, and he just sounded... He just sounded insane and like crazy for saying that Dak didn't really do much to improve that offense. Now, through five games, the Dallas Cowboys were averaging 32 points per game through five games with Dak Prescott. In the 11 games without him, they were averaging 21 points per game. If one player can swing your team into an 11 point difference, that is huge. Granted, yes, the defense wasn't very good last year. We know this, but they can address that. They've got a, high, a, a top half first round pick. They can address the, you know, the defense in there. They can go sign somebody in free agency. Like they can do the Carolina Panthers draw and just go seven picks, all defense. And that would be better. They've got offensive weapons everywhere. They've got a decent offensive line. Yes, retirements from ladies like Travis Fredrickson didn't help. But still, Dak Prescott makes this team from a team that missed the playoffs in a very bad division to a team that I believe would have been 10-6 and six with Dak Prescott. I mean, they went 2-3 and three with Dak before he got hurt and everything. Granted, in that one game he got hurt, they came in and they still won the game, but I'm counting that as his win. It, all three losses were to playoff teams. So, you know, the Rams, Ravens, and, and Browns. So it's not like it was just any Joe Schmoes. It was three teams that won over 10 games. Now, those guys are my predictions to get franchise tagged for the 2021 season. Whether they stay there or get traded, that is yet to be seen. Now, let Cam Newton. Recently said in his interview with Chad Ochocinco, um, Brandon Marshall, they got the little podcast round table type speak thing. And he pretty much came out and said, there's not 32 quarterbacks in the NFL better than me. I should be a starter next year. Say what you want about Cam Newton. I see a lot of you guys with, with your, you know, your backwards hats and your big old black glasses and your really close-up Facebook profile picture. Yes, I'm profiling you right now. Uh, you guys are all going to say Cam Newton, you know, he dresses, he dresses weird, and he's, he's too flamboyant for the NFL. You know, get out of here. It's 2021. Get out of here. If you have to talk about how way somebody dresses as a point to why you don't like them, it's ridiculous. Literally, Joe Namath used to wear big old furry coats everywhere. Somebody that has looked at as one of the most, you know, I don't know, I can't say I can't say it, but a really cool guy, or whatever. I don't know, just like big time player in the world. Ric Flair walks around in feathered robes and, you know, wheeling and dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing type of son of a gun. Who, whatever people wear does not affect them as a player. Now, Cam Newton, let's talk about him last year. He signed a deal very late in the year. Missed, didn't, didn't get to do anything in the offseason. Nobody really did, but he got even less than everybody else. He had to learn a system really quick, brand new. Then he gets. He gets COVID, he's out for a couple games, and he said he never fully recovered from this. And we've seen other people resign from their positions in sports because 
they couldn't recover. We saw people get COVID and then opt out of the season because they, they didn't think they were going to be prepared. So if this is true, I don't really hold this past season against him. He's a former MVP. He took the Carolina Panthers and, you know, Jericho Cotri and Ted Ginn Jr. were his top receivers and went to the Super Bowl. Yes, they lost to Denver, but they still went 17-2 and with Cam Newton. And this past year, everybody's going to look at his stats and be like, oh, he only threw for like 2,600 yards in his, his 12 games or 13 games. But here's the thing. His completion percentage is what everybody's been dogging him on. He floats around 58 to 60%. This past year, he threw for almost 66% completion percentage. He improved vastly on his throwing accuracy. And he had eight touchdowns, 10 interceptions, which is another thing people dog on. But he also had 12 rushing touchdowns. So he had 20 total touchdowns on the season. So, I mean, yeah, his interceptions look bad, but he's only threw 10 interceptions. He just couldn't get the passing touchdowns down. But look at his team around him. Edelman was gone for most of the year. Jacoby Myers was his number one target all year round. Another running backs for New England couldn't stay healthy. They had like 12 players opt out of the season before the season even started. So New England was not a proper, proper was not properly represented in the 2021 season at all. So discounting Newton going into the 2021 season, I think is poor and it's it lacks logic in my eyes. And I think he is still a gamer. Now, where could he go? In my opinion, the Washington football team makes the most sense. Let's just play a little short and simple game. Who has he played for? Ron Rivera is the answer. Where's Ron Rivera? Washington football team. What, is they, what do they need? A quarterback. Cy Newton for a one-year deal. Very cheap. And now he has a better running option in Antonio Gibson, who showed great flashes in his rookie year. He has Terry McLaurin at wide receiver. And then we already know that Washington's going to go out and they're going to sign a free, uh, wide receiver. There's speculation on them getting Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson. They're probably going to draft somebody as well. This offense for Washington is going to look good. They've already established their defense. It's set. It's really good. If they can establish and show up that offensive line, bring in a better quarterback, no discard to Alex Smith, but he had lesser stats than Cam Newton last year. You know, so let's talk about that there. Cam also almost had 600 yards rushing at age 31. I think Cam Newton makes the Washington football team a playoff team consistently. Like, it's not like next year, like it would be like a, this is not the right word, but they'd be more efficient and they would be a better fit to go into the playoffs and actually beat somebody than just kind of fall in there because their competition was weak. Come on back. We're going to talk about the last quarterback in our segment. I already kind of alluded to it earlier. It's Russell Wilson. We're going to talk about him and this apparent reason that Seattle is maybe going to trade him and him and Pete Carroll just aren't really working well together. So we'll see what's going to happen here in our next segment. Uh, this is 89.1 KBHU, 90.7 KJKT, The Buzz, second and short with me, Tyler Lauder, your host. We'll be right back after this song. And welcome on back to our final segment of Second and Short, the BHSU Sports Radio Show about everything in the NFL. My name is Tyler Lauder, and we're going to continue where we carried off last segment, ending and talking about Russell Wilson. Now, real quick, close your eyes. Unless you're driving, don't. Just listen. But imagine being in the NFL at a time when the passing era is literally at the highest it's ever been, where Passing is literally winning games more than having a dominant, you know, three down running back anymore. This whole ground and pound is kind of 
gone from the 90s to early 2000s, and we're in an era where guys are throwing 50 to 60 times a game sometimes. Imagine being in that world. And then imagine where teams need quarterbacks so bad, yet we have Houston Texans, who we've already talked about, and we'll talk about more as soon as something big happens, and the Seattle Seahawks, who we're going to talk about now, are willing to fracture relationships with quarterbacks that are at the peak of their career, at the very top of the food chain. You know, top five, top ten, based on how, how you feel about them, but top five is probably more appropriate for both these guys. And you're willing to just fracture that relationship. We just saw what happened with that relationship in Tom Brady in New England, and then he left, went to Tampa Bay, and won a Super Bowl and flaunts it in your face on a boat. And now yet you're willing to do this with our quarterbacks. Like, when are people going to learn? Like, karma's real. We, we can sit here and say it's not real, but karma is real, and it will bite you. It is not very nice. She is not a pleasant lady when you do her wrong. All right, so Russell Wilson. There's speculations that a trade is out there, and his camp has already inquired about some trades, and, and the deal and the price for him to get traded isn't as big or major as we think. Russell Wilson could be traded literally anytime now, and I wouldn't be surprised. Now, apparently Russell Wilson, if he is traded and is designed... You know, if these des Seahawks designate him a post-June 1st trade, it'll be a $13 million in dead money over the next three seasons each year, which is actually not that bad. But they would end up saving $70 million over those three years. So it's massive for Seattle, but what would they get in return? Well, he's not going to go anywhere in the same division. He's not going to get swapped to San Francisco. Carolina Panthers are a team that we could talk about since they have interest in Deshaun Watson, but they seem to want to get a younger guy in Deshaun, you know, Russell Wilson being 31 doesn't actually seem like the direction that maybe they will want to go. So that leads us to the four teams that are speculated. Now, here are the four teams that are speculated to have interest and are, I mean, everybody has interest, but are wanting to trade for Russell Wilson. We have the Miami Dolphins, who would obviously be sending away Tua in this deal and probably the third overall pick. We have the New York Jets. Who would be willing to send away Sam Darnold and uh, the number two pick? Probably number 23 as well, which actually they got from Seattle as well. So it'd just be kind of swapping. We also see teams like the Las Vegas Raiders, who are in talks of wanting to maybe trade Derek Carr and get, you know, improve and keep up in this AFC West. And then we have the New Orleans Saints, who I have no idea how they could pull this trade off. I feel like Alvin Kamara would get sent in this deal. Maybe Michael Tom, who knows? Somebody will have to get sent away. Now, if these deals happen, Russell Wilson is easily, in my eyes, the second most compelling player, a quarterback in this offseason after Deshaun Watson. I think them trading away for th three multiple first-round picks, who cares, whatever it is, is a huge mistake and something that the Seattle Seahawks are going to regret if they do. Now, will this trade get done? I say yes. I say it's going to get done. We are living in an age where the NBA and NFL are blurring lines, and they are almost the exact same league now. I mean, it used to be in the past, like, oh, trade deadline's boring in the NFL, or off-season's like, meh, superstars don't move teams. Hello, it's 2021, and it's saying we can do whatever we want. It doesn't matter anymore. And that's where we're at. We are legitimately seeing the NFL form into the NBA. All the quarterbacks are the superstars. 
and for some reason these guys are getting you know they're willing to get traded like teams are willing to trade them and i i won't get it i'll never understand it but that's good change is good and change of scenery is good for quarterbacks and it you know helps the dynamic of the league not stay so complacent and just you know predictable seattle seahawks if you trade away russell wilson i believe that you guys will be heading into the bottom cellar and you will end up in fourth place in your division I think that your defense gives up too many points, and I think that it'll be just like the Dak Prescott situation, where you'll go from a high-powered offense to not scoring enough points to keep up with how bad your defense is. Doesn't make any sense for me from Seattle's standpoint. From anybody else, though, going out and getting Russell Wilson when you don't have a Russell Wilson or a top-five quarterback, it makes the most sense for me. He'll be a little cheaper than getting Deshaun Watson, trade-wise. Granted, he's a little bit older, but he's also healthier. Russell Wilson's really, really never been hurt compared to like Deshaun Watson and stuff like that and Dak Prescott. So that's, that's where we have that there. And I, I am going to be shocked if, if my prediction doesn't stand true. The way everything's going, remember what I said last week. I said that from last year, week one, 2020, of those 32 quarterbacks, we'll have 19 new starting quarterbacks week one of 2021. Mark it, stamp it, mail it, send it in. That prediction is valid. Vegas, give me my money. I know what's going to happen. We are already four quarterbacks deep. We're already four in. Every trade, we double up and we, you know, we keep moving. We go two at a time. We go six, eight, and it's going to hit there, especially once the draft hits as well. So, And with that getting closer, we will be talking about next week's show. We're going to be talking about the deals that go down over this weekend. JJ Watt should hopefully sign his deal. We're going to talk about all the franchise tags that are declared and if these guys should accept them or ask for a trade somewhere else. And then we're going to give you a little bit of NFL Draft 2021 sneak peek action. This has been Second and Short NFL Premier Radio Show with your host, Tyler Lauder. Signing out for today. We'll be back next week. If you want to check out Second and Short and you miss any of the show, you missed the beginning of the show, you know, you missed last week's show. You want to see what we're doing in between. Literally on every social media, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. We are everywhere. You can catch up on everything that this show has, as well as little snippets here and there at Second and Short. 